0: Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. All right, are you ready for the Bible? All right, I'm going to open up this morning with uh, Romans 8, verse 18, and it says this, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing. Our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Come on. God ain't going to waste your mess. Amen? He's not going to waste your mess in what you're walking through. Let's pray. Father, we love you today. We thank you for your word. We thank you, God, that we get to gather. And Lord Jesus, you are are the, the guest of honor. This is your house. And so, Lord, right now our hearts are open and we want to hear from you. Um, thank you, God, for speaking for every single individual. Lord, right where we're at, Lord, we just open up our ears. We're ready for you to speak, Lord God. I pray for the empowerment, the leading of your spirit to share what's in your word. And I pray, Father, that, Lord, it'll even just like fit in our brains, Lord God, that the word will just find the right spots in our brains, that there just be such great understanding of what you were saying. And God, that, um, in grabbing a hold of your word, that we would grab a hold of you, we love you and worship you in Jesus' name, Amen. So Romans chapter eight is probably like one of the like richest passages in the Bible. It's all good, but the Apostle Paul does so much to like build up to Romans chapter eight, and there's like way too much in Romans chapter eight for me to like do Romans eight today. But um, we're going to do parts of it today, and I believe it's going to be a blessing to you. That verse that I I read to you, Romans 8.18, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. The struggles that you go through now don't compare to the glory of God being revealed in us. Come on. God is showing something off through the things that you go through. Now, don't get me wrong. He's not the perpetrator of everything that you're going through, but he won't mess. He will not miss the opportunity to use what you're going through. And I'm glad. If, I got, if I'm going to go through some stuff in this world, I want him to get some glory and some honor, and I want it to be used to draw me closer to him and not farther away. And really, this, is, this has kind of become like the unexpected series. A few weeks ago, I talked about the field and the treasure in Matthew chapter 13 and how that scripture describes how God's kingdom, this priceless kingdom, is in the midst of this natural field and that's like the natural world for us. And In the analogy, we are encouraged to buy the whole field Uh, Once we discover that the treasure of the kingdom in it and so that we can own the treasure in it. And, you know, the field is like life. It has the good. It has the bad. It has the ugly. And just all of life happens in the field in biblical terms, if you will. But we have this priceless treasure, God's kingdom, in the midst of a broken field full of beauty and of pain. Then the following week I talked about suffering and y'all got so excited. The whooping, the hollering. You're like, come on, come on, talk to me more. But when's part two of suffering, right? Um, and I really appreciate the enthusiasm. It just warms my heart. Um, but talked about how out of First Peter that suffering proves your faith is real. You don't really know something works until it's been through something, right? Aren't you thankful that if you go buy a car, they don't go? Don't worry, the computer says it works great and it's been safety tested. No, I want you to breck that thing a few times. I want you to use some cars up like really trying. I want to make sure it's really safe, amen, right? Uh, I want to know, well, our faith unfortunately works the same way. It's in the midst of chaos and the midst of challenges that we find out what our faith is really made of. Paul says, I consider our present sufferings are not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed in us. What God is revealing in us and through us is so amazing that it's not even worth comparing to the sufferings that we're going through. And, you know, that's, that's challenging. Do you, do you allow your suffering, your struggles, your challenges to show off God? right? Like, I don't know about you, but my first thought when a struggle comes is I want out. Right? Am I the only one? I mean, right? Like, like, let's figure out how to solve this. But recognizing that there there is a showing off of God that can happen in the midst. Now, I'm not a big on, hey, let's just let suffering last longer than it needs to. I am, hey, when it's time to go, let's get out. But I'll tell you what, I also don't want to waste it. I don't want to waste the opportunity to grow closer to God. I don't want to waste the opportunity to learn. If I'm in it, I want to learn. And sometimes we learn in our suffering, and it can uh, cause us to not have some more suffering. Right? Doesn't, it, it's not a, you know, a guarantee, but sometimes you learn a few things, and you're like, maybe we won't go through this again. Right? Or we won't go through it at least the same way. The conclusion in, in Romans 8 is just so powerful. And in verse 38, it says, For I am convinced. Would you say the word convinced? I mean, I love it. I am convinced. I love the rhythm of this scripture. I am convinced. That neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, nor the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. God's love is so powerful that death and life can't separate us. God's love is so powerful that angels and demons can't separate us from his love. God's love is so powerful that the present, that your, the future, your past can't separate us from his love. Nor any powers, nothing can separate us. Height nor death can't separate us, right? Anything in all of creation, I think that's pretty much everything, can separate us from what? From God's love. There is no struggle that can separate you from his love. And the the fact is, sometimes we will go through a a suffering, we'll go through a trial, and we will feel unloved. Did y'all catch that? And that's a lie. Your suffering, your challenge, your trial, the thing that you are walking through is not indicative of God's love. What this scripture is saying is that nothing can separate. God actually wants you to be secure in the fact that he loves you. He wants that to be such a bedrock in you. He doesn't want your bank account to tell you he loves you. He doesn't want your health to be the thing that tells you that he loves you. Now, does he want to take care of you and does he have... Have provision for your physical body? Absolutely. But that is not the guarantee of his love. His love has been decided because God is love. It's who he is. It's his nature. He didn't make you to hate you. He made you because he loves you. And he cares about you. And he wants us to know that nothing can separate us. But the challenge is we often can feel separated from his love. We feel it. You can feel something and it not be the truth, right? Like, I feel like the Pittsburgh Steelers could win a Super Bowl today, this week, year. And it's just not the truth. It doesn't matter how much I feel like we can win a championship. It's a building year. Doesn't matter what I think. And when it comes to God's love for you, it really doesn't matter what you think. It really doesn't matter what you feel. It matters what he decided. Because he is the one who is loving you. And he has made the decision. And the challenges are struggles. Our struggles sometimes will punch, our faith, our, our, the faith, uh, punch us in the face of our faith, if you will. And we'll have thoughts like this. Uh, I got this from other churches. I know you guys don't think like this. If God loved me, how could that cancer diagnosis be true? If God loved me, why did I lose my job? If God loved me, why do I struggle with depression so much? If God loved me, why isn't my marriage better? If God loved me, why are my finances in this shape? And the reality is the enemy will will shout doubt in the midst of your struggle. He will shout doubt about the identity of God and even tell you that God is the perpetrator and tell you that he's the one who's doing this. And if he really loved you, He wouldn't let you go through this. And uh, this stuff is not new. It's just that we're experiencing it. When I say it's not new, we can go all the way back in the Old Testament to Job. And then the story of Job is very interesting because Job, man, he lost it all. You read this story and you're like, whoa. And um, what's fascinating is uh, the way that Job went down. Actually, the devil came to the Lord and you know, was like, well, you know, the only reason Job loves you is because you bless him so much. Basically, accusing God of, uh, of the only reason that he can have a relationship with us is if we're good all the time and our lives are good. But the moment that uh, the blessing isn't there, we'll curse God. And the Lord said, it's just not true. It's not true. My relationship, this is my editorial version, my my relationship is deeper than that. So the Lord said, I will allow you to, to touch Job's life, and he set parameters. And the enemy took everything that was precious to Job, and he went through so much. And in the midst of going through it, Job was probably, he was asking the same question that you and I ask, that question, why? You know what I'm talking about? We need to know why. And he's trying to figure out why, and he's trying to figure out why. And Job has these friends. If you're listening to the podcast, I'm doing those air quotes. He has these friends who are willing to tell him why it's all happening. And one of his friends' name is Elipaz, Job's friend. And in Job 22.4, it says, "It is your piety; It is for your piety that he rebukes you and brings charge against you. Is it not your wickedness great? Are your sins, are not your sins endless? Boy, that's the kind of friend you want when you're going through a hard time, right? If you just had more faith, if you just weren't such a sinner, well, you know, it's probably like that's the kind of friend you need, right? But, and here's the thing. All right, y'all ready for, we're going to cut our steak and, and chew on this. You ready? The mature do not accuse God when things go wrong. The mature do not doubt God's love when things go sideways. Right? The fact is, it's settled. He sincerely cares for you and he sincerely loves you. And Paul's concept of the things that he's going through is he says, you know, I don't think that these present sufferings even compare to how much glory that will come to God through me and through what's going on in my life because God is so great and so amazing. That is a really mature perspective. And let's admit it, folks. Most of the time, we just want out, right? I mean, that's normal. That's your survival instinct, right? And again, I'm not one for staying and suffering any longer than you need to. I think that's weird. But I don't want to waste it. And I also don't want to turn on God, who's my provider in the suffering, in the midst of it. And the thing is, the enemy, what he'll do is he'll play both sides. He'll harass you on one side, then accuse the, the, uh, accuse the Lord on the other side, trying to play you against the Lord, who is your source and who is your, your provision. Amen? Now, I want to take this a little bit deeper. and We're going to back up to verses 31, Romans 8, 31. Believe it or not, this is all kind of building up to this section of the scripture that I I wanted to dig into with you. Would you all say the word, who? Would you all say, who? All right, y'all follow me with this. Romans 8, 31 says, what then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who? You're like, y'all are awesome. Who can be against us? I heard that online. He did not spare his own son. But gave him up for us. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who raised from life, it is at the right hand of God and is. Also interceding for us, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, or hardship, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or the sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered a sheep sheep to be slaughtered. Most of us, when we face our struggles, we say, what just happened? But you know what? Sometimes it's not what just happened. It's who just happened. Not everything that happens is the enemy. But I got to tell you, he's got a mission. It's to kill, to steal, and destroy. And he don't like you because you love Jesus. Right? He don't like you just because Jesus loves you. He don't like anyone. So if you think anybody's on his team, they're not really on his team. They're just pawns. Right? But... In this scripture, when it's talking about the challenges, self-famine, self-nakedness, sell the sword, all of these things, what Paul is doing in this section, he's saying it's not the what, it's the who that's come against you. See, the devil is the one who brings the charge against you. The devil is the one who brings condemnation. The devil is the one who tries to separate you from the love of Christ. The devil is the one who wants trouble to separate you. The devil's the one who wants hardship to separate you. The devil's the one who wants persecution to separate you. The devil's the one who wants famine to separate you. The devil's the one who wants nakedness and the danger and the sword to bring a separation. Do you catch what his agenda is? He wants to separate you from him. And really, we've been kind of building up to this for a few weeks because there are these things that go on in our life around us, these challenges that go on, on, on around us, and we, we look at it, and we have to figure out what is our disposition in the midst of, of what we're walking through. And I want to tell you today, He loves you. He loves you. He sincerely cares for you. The fact that we live in a broken world it's not indicative of the fact that he loves you. We're here because we're still bringing honor and glory to Jesus, and we still have a mission here. Amen? We're here because there's work to do, because he's patient, not wanting any to perish. We're here for a purpose and on a purpose, and the challenge is when we struggle and when we have a trial, we think that, well, what's the purpose? Well, you've got to walk with him, to let him bring purpose out of your mess and to let him get some glory and some honor and to mature you in the midst of what you are going through. And then this scripture, it, in verse 37, it says this really powerful thing. It says, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Now, that's a faith declaration, right? In the midst of the trial I'm going through with my family, in the midst of the financial thing that's going on, in the midst of the health crisis, this concept of no, in all these things, he just kind of brings them all together. He says we are more than conquerors. That word more than conquerors uh, in the the, um, original language was like never used because its root has to do with victory. This, the idea of conquering, right? And that was used plenty of times in in society and things like that. Um, but this this word was overwhelming victory. It actually means hyper conquer. Right? It's like uh, the the um, the Dolphins had a game a few weeks ago where they won seventy to zero, and that's just like sh- I mean. They could have scored one more to shame the other team and, like, got the highest score that ever existed. I mean, it's one thing when it's 70 to 24. You're like, oh, that offense is really amazing. But 70 to zero is like everybody just needs to go home. Nobody did their job. I feel bad that this is being recorded. Um, (laughs) But no one's looking to me for football commentary, so I think we're safe. Um, But this word hyper-conquer, and even... The, the way the word is constructed, um, this kind of victory, they only thought that gods could have this kind of victory in the, the Greek and Roman concept, right? It's like only a god can truly have victory. And what is Paul says? We have overwhelming victory through him who loved us. It's this overwhelming victory. It's to, uh, to vanquish, to completely prevail, um, it is the kind of victory like that leaves zero doubt whatsoever. What I love is that in the midst of, of this list of just litany, I think Paul is just trying to catch everybody. Like, I, whatever you're going through, this, 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 this. Am I leaving anything else? And everything else. You are more than a conqueror through him who loves you. It, isn't that cool that that word love? Is brought right back in. And I think the challenge for us is that we have to hold on to your belief, your trust, your faith that He loves you, is so core to your understanding and following of the Lord. Something in you has to go, it is settled in me that He loves me. It's settled. Now, we like to lie to ourselves. Well, sister, so-and-so doesn't go through what I'm going through. And there, you know, and I see there's even, we'll even compare ourselves to people who don't know Jesus. Look at how well things are going for them. Do you know there's a psalmist, Asaph, who had the same thought. He's like, why don't the wicked, you know, why do they prevail? Like, why do they do so well? He wrote it in a psalm in your Bible. I want to say it's 68, but I'm pulling it from memory. Um, and he's writing, he's like, I don't know, I don't know. I get like, they just seem to be doing too well. And he goes, and if I would have spoken it, I would have fallen. I would have stumbled. It says, and then I came into the sanctuary, and then I understood that their future was destruction. And he realized, I'm looking at the wrong timeline. I am looking at a temporal blessing and thinking, oh, I'd like to have their life when I have this eternal thing called my relationship with God and that I'm a son or a daughter of the Lord. like How could I ever compare these temporal blessings that seem so good and I'm sure I'm not seeing it all and, and I'm losing track of what I already have? Remember when we were in 1 Peter and it was talking about this faith, this, uh, how your faith is, is tested like gold even though it perishes by the fire? One of the things that he talked about is he talked about this inheritance that you have in heaven, this unperishable inheritance that you already have. Sometimes, you know, joking around with folks who are like in the business world and you know they're, they're talking stuff and I said like, my long-term incentives in this job are crazy. I'm not talking about retirement. I'm talking the r- long term incentives. Like I mean they're like crazy good. Crazy good anyhow. Thank you for it was funny to my brother and I appreciate that. Um, we have same humor. Yeah. Romans 8:18 8, again. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing. Will you let that settle in you? Come on. Come on, I don't think a lot of us can really say that, right? I think a lot, most of us, we just want out, right? But I want the truth of that revelation to be in my heart. That what I'm going through, the struggle that I'm going through, doesn't even compare to his glory coming through my life. About what he's going to do. And, and, and the reality is we all know that when you go through some stuff, When you go through it right, you get closer to the Lord. Right? The enemy, he thinks he's going to drive us away from the Lord. But actually what should happen is we should just get closer and closer and closer. And I can say without a shadow of a doubt, the hardest things that I've gone through in my life have made me more convinced of Christ's love. More convinced that he cares for me. And that no matter what I go through like that, he will be there with me. I'm just, I'm convinced, right, that the present suffering is not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed. Um, then what happens in verse 20 in 19 through uh, 24 is he talks about how creation awaits, right? A- awaits the, the glory of, of God's children being revealed in the earth. Um, but there's this truth in And I think it's important for us to know, did you know that God is showing off through you? Like in the heavenly realms, God is showing off through you. That's actually what happened in the story of Job. Is Job wouldn't curse God. And he proved something about his relationship with Job to the enemy. And the challenge was, there was something being proved in a heavenly realm and Job didn't know. Job didn't get a sealed letter that said, hey, by the way, Job, I'm going to let the devil mess with you for a bit, but it's because I want to prove to him something. Job would have been like, thanks? (laughs) Sometimes it's like, I really want to understand. Do you really want to understand? Maybe not, right? Maybe not. But Job trusted even though he didn't understand. And there are scriptures that give us this insight that God is doing some math and proving something, if you will, in heavenly realms that are above our pay grade. It says in Hebrews that man is made a little lower than the angels. It's like God is like, I'm going to show off my glory through lesser beings. And um, Ephesians 3.10 says, his intent, um, another version says, it was his purpose, was that now... Through the church, y'all say, that's me. That's me. That through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to rulers and authorities in heavenly realms. Y'all, that is above our pay grade. According to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord, in him and through him and in him we may, have, we may approach God with freedom and with confidence. There's this idea that there are things being revealed in heavenly realms that you and I don't know about. And that our lives are on display. And that what we're walking through, God cares about it. It matters to Him. He wants to be in the midst of it. He wants to bring you through it. I really don't believe He just wants you to stay there forever. He's not like, you know, the eternal trial until you get to heaven. I don't think that's His heart from you. I don't see it in Scripture. I see a God who brings us through wildernesses and God who brings healing to people and a God who brings provision for people, but for a little while. There is actual suffering in this world. But the challenge is. We think suffering means I did that. He doesn't love me. That is the devil speaking. That is the who is trying to separate that you. Do you see how in the scripture that in Romans eight it gives a list of what's, but then it gives a list of who. Who is trying to separate you? And see, a preacher said it this past week. He said uh, when he's in Africa, he says in Africa. Demons just manifest. We just know they're there. Like, it's just so obvious. He says, here you have to discern what the devil's doing. Because the greatest lie, the, ever de- the, the, greatest lie the, ever, the devil ever told was that he doesn't exist. Now, we don't have to make stuff up. God can reveal it to us. But we, we have to recognize there is a who that wants to separate you. And the challenge is he'll make it about the what, but it's really the who who's trying to drive you away. Did you catch that this morning? And so when you're walking through it, you have to go, you know what? Who can separate me from the the love of God? Nothing, no one can separate me from the love of God. And in the midst of my suffering, I'm so glad I have the Lord. In the midst of the trial, I'm so glad that I know that he loves me. In the midst of what I'm going through, I know that nothing can separate me from his love. I don't even have to feel it, it's true. I love that I don't have to feel it for it to be true. I mean it's quite a litany litany of things that cannot separate you from his love. It's because he wants you to be convinced convinced that he loves you. Um I want to I want to ask you some a couple hard questions and we're going to pray. All right? This this is a hard question, not for you to answer to your neighbor, but maybe this will bring some freedom in your own life and also draw you closer to the love of God. Is that all right? Are you holding God hostage with your circumstances? Or are you trusting his love for you through the circumstance? Are you questioning God, even accusing God through the circumstances? Or are you asking God? God to be glorified through your circumstances? Are you feeling distant from God through your circumstances? Or are you standing in faith believing that nothing can separate you from His love? I want to encourage some of us today, we're walking through some stuff, and I don't mean to diminish what you're walking through, because they call it difficult for a reason. I just want to I want to invite you today to take the way that you are walking through it and lay it down. And pick up a confidence in his love for you. Pick up a confidence in who is for you, not against you. Pick up a confidence in he's the solution. And by golly, not only is he the solution, but he is the one who's going to get honor when this is over. He's the one who gets the headline when we get through this. Come on, right? He's the one who gets the bold print of, do you know what I went through? And can I tell you who brought me through? There was a who who tried to drive me away from the Lord, but there was a who who was the Lord. And he never removed his love for you. We can sometimes get disappointed in ourselves in the way that we're handling it. It's like, I've done it all wrong and you get into the condemnation loop. I've got the wrong thinking and you're right. I shouldn't be accusing God and we'll start beating ourselves. Stop it. Lay it all down and go to him who already does love you. Who already does care. You have pain in your body? I want to tell you today, God cares about what you're going through and he is a healer. And he will be present before, during, and after the healing. You can experience his presence in the midst of what you are going through. His presence is available to you. Maybe you're in a place where your mind is getting on a track and it goes downhill and you can feel it spiraling. I just want to encourage you to put, take the record off and put on a new record. Put on a record of worship. Put on a work record of praise. Let out of your own mouth some praise and some worship and some drawing and like, Lord, I believe that you love me. I feel like I'm in despair. I feel like, but I... I believe that you love me because I believe that nothing can separate me from the fact that you do care about me. And you can even be honest with him. I've handled some of this wrong. I, I have been, I, I don't have to even need the devil's help. I've been the perpetrator in some of this. But nothing can separate you from the fact that he loves you and that he cares for you. Will you stand with me today? That's you today? And there's, just, there's something about how you're going through it that you need to lay down. Just right now in your own heart, say, God, forgive me. I just lay this down. God, forgive us for listening to the accuser. Forgive us for questioning your love. Forgive us, Lord, for seeing the trial and calling you the perpetrator. Forgive us, Lord, for seeing the challenge and wondering if you really care and how could you let it happen. Lord, Lord, that's just not the right way to think about it. Lord, we come to you today. And Lord, I just pray right now, would you pour out your love? Pour out your care? Would you pour out your affection? Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I just kind of see a picture in my mind's eye, and it's like the Jesus is coming along and he's putting his hand out and he's saying, let me lead you out of this. Like you putting your hand in his and him saying, let me lead you out of this. Oh, we thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Lord Jesus. My prayer, Lord Jesus, is that with the things that we walk through, though the enemy would try to drive a wedge, that we would draw closer to you. God, that we would know you more, that we would be more confident of your provision, not less confident of it. God, that we would experience you in ways, and deeper ways, Lord, that we would not have experienced you otherwise. Lord, let the comfort of your Holy Spirit, let the encouragement of your Holy Spirit. And Lord, we've also been talking about the who, the who who comes to lie, the who who comes to harass, the who who comes, Lord, to separate. And in the name of Jesus, we just say no. No. Lord, your word says that to resist the enemy and he must flee. Father, I pray for those who've been harassed. Harassed in their thoughts, harassed in their bodies, harassed by the the who. And in the name of Jesus, We declare that you are powerless against us. You have no authority against us. It says the gates of hell won't even prevail against the church. And Lord, we thank you, God, for what's being revealed in heavenly realms. Lord, there's stuff going on that we don't even understand. But Lord, we trust you and we believe in you. And we bring you glory. We bring you honor. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Mmm. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Mm. There's just some folks today, the Lord's just saying, let go. Just let go. Just let go. Thank you, Jesus. He cares so much. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to invite the the prayer team to come up, and maybe you're here today and you're like, you know, I, I just want to do a little bit more business with God. Um, we got people up here who will, who care about you and who will pray with you, and um, and I, I want to encourage you. If it's something really big, this is exactly where you need to be, right? Just like having somebody agree with you in prayer and pray the prayer of faith and. And hear the word of the Lord and pray with you. But they're here to minister to you and pray for you. If you've got something going on in your physical body, there's healing in the house today. Uh, we're you know, praying about physical things today. Maybe it wasn't a hit for you, it's something else. Come and receive prayer. Our God is a healer, amen. He actually uses the name that calls himself a healer. He's not the one who he's not the sicker, he's the healer. And so we come to him and say, Jesus, thank you for being our healer. Amen. Amen. Be blessed today. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like to know how you can give, go to victorychristian.church.